Hello everyone, I am Mike. And I am Ben. And this is Where Have You Been, a podcast about movies and the friends who haven't seen them. Hey. Definitely not a shame fest, not making fun <laughs> of our good friend Ben here, just want to share some movies and have a conversation about them. Yeah, yeah. Enlighten me, you know. We're here, we're here to, to do the good work. Um, and today, you know, we wanted to acknowledge Ben has seen movies in the past. Mm-hmm. He is not, you know, a totally sheltered man. Uh, <laughs> he's actually a big horror movie fan. So I wanted to yes. kind of check out a movie that had slipped through the cracks. Um, and that movie is the 1988 horror film Child's Play. Yes. I'm going to say I do watch a lot of horror movies and uh, Adam Sandler movies. Those are about all the movies that I've watched so far in my lifetime. Uh, so... Horror movies. I don't know how this one kind of fell through the cracks here, but uh, we got into it. It was good stuff. Talk about maybe a really great crossover, an Adam Sandler horror movie. Huh? Oh, man. Oh, maybe? man. I, I'd, be, I'd watch it because I'd like, I'm into that. I, I drink the Adam Sandler Kool-Aid, so let's do it. Nice. <laughs> like, I'm just imagine, I'm trying to think, like, is Adam Sandler a victim or is he the monster or is he like... Or is he like the, the the guy that like saves everyone from the monster at the end? I would want him to be like the Zohan version, but like oh. a horror Zohan. See, okay, that's the thing. That could be I the weirdest thing possible. Seen, I have not seen uh, Don't Mess With The Zohan because mm-hmm. I heard it was so bad. It's interesting. I, <laughs> but, interesting a com- yeah. but a conversation for another day. Sorry, yes. Uh, <laughs> So um, every pod, we like to start with a segment called How'd You Do, where we go through, yes. you know, we have uh, Ben guess on what he thinks is going to happen, and then we just kind of have a conversation uh, pertaining to that. So the first thing, um, we had you guess the kill count, and you guessed eight. Yes. And the actual number is debatable. Um, right. Because there's some questions here. Uh, there was only mm. five-ish, I'll say, which is pretty low for a scary movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just, I guess I expected more. Um, mm. But we had Ray, if mm. you count him, who is the bad guy who puts his soul into, you know, the Chucky doll. He technically dies when See, he's I'm shot... Gonna... I'm going to say, yes, he did die because then, like, they had to... Well, okay. I know he came back. They had to reanimate everything. I'm going to say... I'm still going to count it as a death. I'm still going to count it. All right. So we're counting that one. We had the babysitter who falls to her death. We are definitely going to be talking about that one uh, Mm -hmm. in a little bit. We had the uh, Ray's accomplice who is blown up in the house, the gas explosion, we had the doctor who is trying to calm Andy down, who is electrocuted. We had <laughs> the... Dallas Moore. Yeah. Dallas <laughs> Oh, my God. Poor guy. Uh, <laughs> we had the voodoo man uh, killed. I don't remember. I don't even know if he did have a name. I think he might have had a name. What a gruesome like, death that was. <laughs> he showed up on screen, was like, oh, no, and then died. And that was all his... That's all he was. Yep. That's all he was. And so that, that puts us at five exactly. And then uh-huh. Chucky... Dies again. Charles Lee Ray dies again. See, that's but the, I guess the, I, was I, I misinter- the sequel. Uh, right, like, I, I misinterpreted what you said when you said Ray. I was assuming Chucky, like at the end of the movie. Uh, so I'm, I'm saying, I guess, I, I guess, oh, that is a good question. I think dude. technically Ray does live on, and Ray and Chucky are one person. Okay, I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that. Yeah, I'm All gonna right. say that. So then we're at five. So yeah. not not too far off. Not too far off. We had you guess the plot of the movie, uh, which you <laughs> thought was uh, either hey. a. And hey, I, there's only so far this could go. It's, exactly, it's yeah. it's a it's a killer doll, right? There's not yeah. there's not a whole lot <laughs> there. Um, but you guessed it was a curse on a murderer, or uh, you know the 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 doll is just turned into a murderer by something, right. um, which yeah. I guess kind of correct. Um, kind of, it's like he cursed the doll himself with himself. I guess it's still technically it is like a curse because like 
He had to like find somebody to be. He had to find a body to be a part of. Otherwise, he was cursed to be in this doll yes. forever. So, it like, seemed. I, it seemed like he just like it was Dire Straits, man. Um, yeah, and he just went for it, and he it worked. He was kind of shocked. Um, mm-hmm. If you've been living under a rock, the plot very simply is uh, there's a good guy doll um, who gets possessed by this killer named the strangler charles lee ray who is shot and he's about to die and he is like oh shit what can i do and he summons this spirit there's lightning involved in a toy store he puts his soul into this doll and a pretty cool scene and then um you think oh wow this is interesting where is this going and then we meet andy who um is a six-year-old boy living with his mother um mom's a, a single single mother working hard and uh it's his birthday and he wants a good guy doll and mom can't afford it and she finds a peddler selling a doll oh, yeah. uh and he is possessed it's a it's a, it's it. a bad deal it was, it was not a, a bargain bad, bin bad luck you get what you pay for uh <laughs> And uh, the doll turns out it's possessed and it starts killing people. It wants to, you know, get back at his accomplice. And then it learns that um, his body, the doll body, is turning slowly human and he has to transfer his spirit out of there or else he'll be stuck forever. And it has to be transferred to the first person he revealed his true form to, which was Andy. The kiddo. The kiddo. Oh my god. This this uh I, this I actually just had an epiphany in my head right now that this is probably where the Simpsons got that idea for that one Halloween episode where Homer buys Bart a cursed crusty doll and like when you said like <laughs> it was bargain hunting for this doll, I just imagine that scene with Homer getting the crusty doll and he's just like the doll is cursed. He's like, That's bad, but you get a free yogurt. And he's just like, that's good. And he's like, but the yogurt is also cursed. <laughs> but that's bad. Yeah, but you get your choice of topping. That's good. And then it's so it just, it just reminds me of that whole thing. I don't know. I'm sorry. I know. I mean, Simpsons, <laughs> what a great predictor yeah. of everything. Yes, absolutely. When you've been on the air for a billion years, it's bound to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So, and, and I guess the, the plot, I mean, Chucky kills some people. He dies in the end dies heavy quotation marks quotation marks andy lives um the uh quote we had to uh, try to fill in the quote there really is only one big quote and that is the hi i'm chucky wanna and you guess correctly play Play. yes very creepy yeah yeah. exactly uh we are not gonna do the what would you have thought if you (laughs) saw this when you come out because you literally were like being born um, i was being born probably when this was in theaters so uh, who knows how a baby would react? Probably just I, you know, fall asleep. Exactly. I'd probably I'd, I'd be that baby in the theater. I'd just be crying the whole time. I wouldn't know why. It wouldn't be because of the movie. I'd just be crying. That's mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also had you guess the tagline uh, yeah. before this, which you came up with a pretty good one. I thought it was good. That that would make more sense. Mine would be at least. I thought. Yes. Uh, so you yeah. said it's time to play. Yeah. Which I could visualize it on the poster. The actual yeah. one was, you'll wish it was make-believe. Yeah. Not See? super strong. Not really. You know, not making me just feel like, hell yeah, uh, I gotta go see this. Yeah. Fucking hire me, yeah. movie studios. We, Let's go. I got your taglines. We're gonna get this going. <laughs> and then, um, why did this slip through the cracks? So, kind of wanting to get a little more into the conversation of, of how did you end up missing this film, especially being a horror movie fan. What was it about this that just it just didn't happen? Yes, I think um, I think what it was is like I have my I have my horror movie icons that I like, and I watch their movies all the time, and I, I don't want to reveal them now because we have a question coming up later. I can't wait for that one. Uh, but like, I think this is a combination of uh, watching all those other horror movies and then also once again being bad at watching movies uh so i think that's why it slipped through the cracks because i'm just terrible at watching movies even if it is a horror movie and i love horror movies i just fucking was just like yeah i'll watch this well, fuck it. it's a doll it's whatever but uh yeah i think that's why it slipped through the cracks because i'm just bad at watching movies i don't know why and you know now that we watch it i kind of regret not watching it but i'll also get to that later yeah it kind of seems like one of those like to me it's I don't want to say like a 
like the main ones that you would watch. But in that like '90s like slasher movie, you know, everything was evil or possessed, that type of thing. It was definitely there. I yeah. think it gets spoiled a little bit with like the sequels just being progressively worse and worse and kind of falling <laughs> into this like horror campy thing that if you yep. watch one of those, you just be like, Oh, this is stupid. Why would I go and watch all of them? Um, <laughs> and so I guess it, it could, it would make sense why. And again, it's, it's the age old question that we'll get to later of like, it's a doll. Our next segment is uh, Nerd Corner. This is where we kind of go through some of the random things we were able to find out about the film. A couple of main highlights an IMDb score of 6.6, which, you know, for a scary not movie, bad. Not, bad. not bad. No. Um, you know, definitely not something that Roger Ebert, I'm sure, was like, hell yeah, <laughs> go and see this, four stars. But, you know, it wasn't complete garbage. It had a budget of only $9 million. It made $44 million worldwide, which, you know, nowadays doesn't sound like a lot. But 1988, it was a pretty big deal. I think it was number one at the box office for two straight weeks. Uh, it spawned six sequels. Um, Chucky, wow. or Child's Play 1, 2, and 3. And then you had Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, yeah. Curse of Chucky, and The Cult of Chucky. Curse and Cult being straight-to-DVD releases. <laughs> um, and then also we can't leave out the 2019 remake uh, that just came out. Yeah, I, was, I had to give that a check. I have to check that out because, like, this movie was pretty good. Yeah, but... I, I didn't see it either. Um, yeah. You know, Aubrey Plaza's in it. It, it kind of seems like mm. it's more of a Big Brother vibe surveillance type thing yeah. than, like, an evil spirit transferred through voodoo. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, yeah. maybe one day we'll, we'll check that one out. Do that one out, too. Uh, it also was a controversial movie at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this was interesting. You know, we kind of... When we say, like, controversial movie, usually it seems to work for movies' favors where people are like, ooh, I got to see this movie with all this buzz. But back in 1988, there was a lot of concern that it would... F- uh, influence children to just be bad. Uh, there were people <laughs> <What>? that <laughs> tried to link it to crimes that were happening where the youths were taking part and saying, like, this is because they watched Child's Play. They wouldn't have done God. this. Which is like, man, there's just reaching everywhere, right? I just, I, it, absolutely. No, this like this totally reminds me of like when my parents didn't let me watch The Simpsons. Going back to The Simpsons again, oh, because they feared that I would just be just like Bart Simpson. I'm like, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. I, I'm, I'm aware of what things are, right and wrong. Cool. Yeah, you know, I also was not allowed to watch The Simpsons, but I could watch <laughs> South Park, so go figure. Yeah, Sometimes oh, parents like just worse. don't understand, right? I mean... That's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> the thing, my parents wouldn't let me watch The Simpsons, but whenever I brought up South Park, they, like, made me go to church. I'm like, what the fuck? I just said South Park. I didn't even watch it. Double Sunday <laughs> school, Ben. You're going to both of them. Get in there. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, you know... Is this a big deal? Um, I think it was for the second part of this that I found, which was that the studio um, actually gave away the rights to the film because they were concerned that it would paint them in a negative light if they continued to produce it as a franchise. Um, so they didn't even sell it. They just gave it away wow. to the, okay. the creator, uh, who then went and sold it to Universal, which produced all of these sequels which is crazy to think about a major studio giving up a movie that was incredibly successful that had a blueprint for sequels right just because they were like they the basically the quote was they wanted to be like disney um and i i I can't remember the studio i'm i'm terrible at this i think it was united artists okay um and uh just what a weird turn of events that is odd they probably regret that one a little bit it's, oh yeah i was gonna say they're making it sound like it was cursed or something like that or uh, yeah yep go figure but also also at the same time like it is kind of funny to hear all these parents be like no the children <laughs> so like i would say at the end of the 80s they thought it was gonna be movies when they move into the 90s they thought it was like some bad music like marilyn manson or something like that and i mean now we're finding everything video games were in there sometime oh at some yeah point too. yeah mortal Kombat was the devil oh yeah oh, oh yeah God, the good old days, right? It has blood in it. Oh, no. Oh, no. You can see that guy's spine. Oh, he pulls it right out. (laughs) 
Um, let's talk a little bit about Chucky himself. The doll um, yeah. was a blend of animatronics, uh, little people, and then a small couple scenes where it was small children um, who played the role of Chucky. Uh, they intentionally tried to progress it more towards the human-like the further along the movie goes to coincide right. with uh, Charles Lee Ray's character kind of becoming more human. For those scenes... Um, uh, it was uh, where, where a little person was in place of it. Uh, mm-hmm. They would actually build sets that were 30% larger for the main actor. His name was Ed Gale to oh. look smaller, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Um, also very expensive. Uh, and hence yeah. why in the sequels, you'll, you would notice if you watched more of them that they went hardcore more towards the animatronic um, version. Yeah. But they were incredibly difficult to do. Um, multiple people were quoted as the doll was a pain in the ass. <laughs> it took multiple people to get it to work. There's a really cool video on YouTube if you care about this at all. Um, it's called uh, Child's Play Making a Nightmare. It's a like 10-minute video. It's got Tom Savini in it, who's a huge horror special effects guy, where they talk about making uh, a doll that could do this type of stuff, which had right. never really been done before. And it would have like 11 guys who are operating this thing just to get it to make it look like it could walk. Um, the facial expressions. There was one guy who was wearing this headset with like a chin strap that he would God. he would say the lines or mouth the lines and the doll would then kind of similarly move its mouth and it controlled the eyebrows. They had like one person doing the eyes. It was pretty intense. Um, it's yeah. pretty crazy what they were able to do. Well, that's that's probably why like the doll doesn't really do anything until halfway through the movie, like when the mom is just like, "Hey, fucking talk, you bitch," and then yep. it finally starts doing things. Like I could see why if it's gonna be that big of a pain in the ass. Why they didn't do anything until like halfway through the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. We have only two kind of interesting casting, like you know, little things of note, um, and that was to be the role of. Uh, Charles Lee Ray, who is going to then voice Chucky. Uh, John Lithgow, uh, Third Rock <laughs> from the Sun. You know, would have been a little interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then Gary Oldman, um, you know, were considered until they uh, settled on Brad Dourif, um, who you would probably recognize out there in the world uh, from Lord of the Rings. He mm-hmm. played Wormtongue, who was this creepy goth-looking dude who was influencing... <laughs> Uh, you know, the leader of, of Rohan, I think. I, don't, I should feel like I should know this more. Um, he's like a that guy. If you saw him in a movie, you'd be like, oh, oh yeah. hey, he's that guy. Uh, yeah. But what a great job by him. The voice acting he in this did. is incredible. Absolutely. Um, just really I, glad they went with him and not... I, John Lithgow. Not John yeah, Lithgow. That would have been weird. <laughs> Uh, but I think Gary Oldman would have been interesting. I just like when I think of like Gary Oldman as, uh, as he I forgot the guy's name, but he's in Leon the Professional uh, as mm. like the detective there. I think that would be such a sweet like just imagining Gary Oldman as that character as Chucky. That That's pretty awesome. But I'm really glad they I think the voice matches perfectly with what uh, Brad did. Yeah, and see, to me, like when I think of Gary Oldman, I think of Commissioner Gordon, and, oh, yeah. and that's just like go. such a strange jump for me to <laughs> serial killer slash voodoo man slash child toy killer. Um, <laughs> but you know, hey, it worked out in the end. I'd say. Wait, wait, wait. Have you? Have you? We talked about this. Have you seen Leon the Professional? I have. Okay, all right. and I'm, I I'm like, actually very crushed that we can't do that as a as a movie because you have seen it because I'm just itching to watch it again. Um, hey, we could still watch it just for the hell of it. It's yeah, still a great let's, movie to watch. let's do it. We'll we'll make all it happen. Right. All right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, a segment that kind of came out of nowhere, uh, based on our first two films that we've yes. done so far, and we're just going to continue, uh, you know, as, as best we can, and that is the Buffy link. Is there Buffy a link? The and there is a link, um, and it's actually uh, yes. a, a, a really kind of extra link because it involves Seth Green, who yes. was in the first movie that we did, Can't Hardly Bam. Wait. Um, he is the creator of a stop-motion kind of cartoon comedy. Th- I don't know what you would call it. It's Robot Chicken. If yeah. you've never seen Robot Chicken before, definitely worth it. It's good for a chuckle. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube. Um there is a, a short little skit on there 
um, that is on YouTube as well, so you can search this up to watch it yourself. It's, I think it's only like two minutes long, uh, and the, the whole scene is Chucky. The doll is attacked, and his evil is stolen by Cabbage Patch Kids, who then go on a rampage, uh, and they need to be stopped by Buffy, and you're like, yep. wow, this is interesting, and then it kind of cuts to a scene of Sarah Michelle Gellar having coffee with another person, kind of saying, and that's why I didn't do the next season. <laughs> so, yeah. it's a good time, and we got our Buffy link in there, which is super important. Oh, so glad. <laughs> what was your favorite part? Next segment is Ben's favorite part of the movie. So yes. Ben, you have the floor. What what did you what stood out the most? Uh, I think right away in the beginning when uh, Charles Lee Ray is running away from the cop, goes in the toy store and like picks out this doll to possess himself with, or like put himself into or whatever you want to call it. That sounds kind of dirty, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just I think that's. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, he's just like, yeah, it's going to be a fucking great idea <laughs> to do this right here. Like, let's see this doll. Oh, yeah. No one's going to know I'm in this fucking thing right here. It's called Good Guy. I'm not a good guy, but this doll's called Good Guy. Let's do this. And then all of a sudden, he starts to fucking voodoo. And then just, like, all played up where it's, like, clouds and thunderstorms and, like, other things. And he's saying some sort of voodoo uh stuff and it's just like all of it coming together i'm like this part is fucking ridiculous but i absolutely love it uh, you oh. know a part of that too that is really i think underrated is how quickly we jump right into that like it's literally part of the credits yes. which is a yeah. very clever way to do it we don't have the three minute long elevator shaft sequence uh <laughs> happening like we did in speed um yes. it's literally like it's the action it's happening there's a there's a yep. shootout the cop is looking for them you know they're they're kind of moving through the building while the cast names and stuff are going on and then you have this great scene with the lightning coming down yeah um, yep. so yeah i'm right there with with you that's some cool stuff that's some cool stuff right there uh the next one i think i really enjoy his first kill which was uh not is i would say andy's aunt but it's not technically his aunt it's just like a best friend of the mom uh and i already forgot her name oh my god uh the aunt was uh maggie peterson i think that was her name um yes you're correct yes okay so then it's just seriously like she's like paranoid in the uh, apartment that they live in by the way the apartment that they live in for her being as broke as they are apparently uh is fucking nice it's, it's a nice real apartment. nice like especially in like new window. york yeah yeah it's um very tasteful yeah it's super good it's super good so this aunt is like going around the house because she's like getting all paranoid because she like keeps the like hearing things and stuff like that and then all of a sudden she's by she's in the kitchen she moves this potted plant the nothing is over there she turns around all of a sudden there's a hammer to her forehead and then she flies out the window and then she dies and i thought that was like a cool thing to just introduce chucky the doll uh, with that first kill right there, it, it was really cool. Um, you had yep. the the detective looking at the flower, uh, the flower and the, the footprints in the flower. Yep. You know, kind of being like, "How did this happen?" You know, maybe mm -hmm. the murder weapon. And it's literally like a toy hammer. It's like yeah. you know, it's like the chisel oh. that Andy Dufresne used to escape from Shawshank. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie, man. Oh, oh. wow. Oh, I just ruined it. We could never <laughs> do it as a... <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, the interesting thing that I saw there is that originally it was supposed to be an electrocution in the bathtub scene, um, which would have probably been like, you know, the old radio push into a bathtub, which I don't know if that would actually work or not. There's probably a Mythbusters episode that debunks that from actually <laughs> like electrocuting you. Right. Um, it was brought back for one of the sequels. I believe it was Seed of Chucky. Uh, right. They kill somebody using that. But, man, I think that they made the right call. Because the, the stunt of it, in general, you know, and, and I kind of talk about, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, is just great. Um, the fall, it's like from like four stories. It's a, it's a real person. You can tell they did like the person jumping and then they have like the whatever the the big giant mattress it's not a mattress but you know what i'm saying land on yeah. that safely and then they you know they they cut it real quick and it, she lands on the car and all the windows explode out it's a mm -hmm. pretty awesome scene that is a pretty cool scene yes absolutely now i think also like the the electrocution in the bathtub where like a radio falls in i, I don't want to say it's overdone i'm not saying like in 1988 that would have been a cool thing but like i would have been like eh, whatever yeah 
Um, I guess uh, my next favorite scene is anything with the Dollar Tree Gary Busey. Because uh, there was like, there's, this is this doctor that was watching over Andy while he was like uh, in this, I don't know, call it a mental ward or uh, something like that. Um, but I swear, like like every five minutes, I was like, or every five seconds, I was just like, that's that's Gary Busey. And you were Amber's very like, adamant that it was Gary Busey. I'm like, that's gonna be Gary Busey. And everyone's like, no, Ben, shut up. That's not Gary Busey. I'm like, it is. It's Gary fucking Busey. But it was not. It was a guy that looked like Gary Busey, had the teeth and everything, and he died. It was hilarious because he just got electrocuted by a doll. Yeah, what a way to go. Um, <laughs> just. I guess they should have all believed, right? If everybody just believed Andy, none of this would have happened. I know. (laughs) I guess if you go around, though, believing everything a six-year-old says, what a world we'd live in, right? That's that's very true. Yeah, you probably should. uh, They probably probably did the right call and, like, not believing what he was saying. But but then, you know, anyways. Um, I think my next favorite part uh, is the... the, When Chucky is in the elevator... uh, and like an old couple walks in and she's like, oh, my God, that doll, someone I should take it and put it somewhere. And the husband's just like, just leave it there. Whoever left it there will come back for it. And then as they're leaving the elevator, she looks back and is like, ugly doll. Ugh. And then like while they're walking away and the elevator's going up and Chucky's right there on the floor, he's just like, fuck you. <laughs> I thought that was so good. Because it was just like it was just like a, a real moment where he's just like, man, go fuck yourself. OK, shut up. All right. I stand by that 100%. Um, <laughs> I, I read an oral history about this where they kind of were test screening the audiences. And this was like one of the top three moments that the audience was cheering along was that scene right there. So <laughs> kind of sums Absolutely. up the series, right? Just, yeah. yeah. Fuck you. I know. Like, the way he says it too is perfect. <laughs> um, I also have to say that I think another... Uh, one of my favorite parts is uh, when Chucky is dying. I don't want to say dead because like... Like you see, like he gets shot or something like that. He's like burned. He like first he's getting burned, and then like okay, he's dead. Then he comes back, and he looks like it looks like fucking Terminator shit when he comes back. And oh yeah, like yeah, fucking wrote that down. Uh, it looks like like some Terminator stuff, and then um, and then all of a sudden they break him apart. Uh, and then they're like, okay, that's got to be the end right there. And then like this other cop comes up and is like, oh, what the hell is this? And he's like, don't touch the doll, don't fucking touch the doll. And then the other cop just picks up the head. And then, <laughs> and then his body comes through a vent because it's detached from his head, and then just starts choking this officer that's holding his head. And then, then they're like, "Oh my God, I told you not to touch it, and uh, I told you it's like a bot. Do you do believe us now?" And then, like, the body is still like doing other things while the head is just like, "Kill him, kill him all!" Like he's like <laughs> cheering on his body to kill the other people. It was definitely a. How the fuck does this thing die? I she the mom shot his head off, shot his arm yeah. off, and then shot a leg off. Put a bullet yeah. in the torso. Yep. It's been burned. Like you, you said, thrown across the room. Like it was pretty intense. Yeah. The, the fire sequence alone was was pretty freaking awesome. Like that. Was, yeah, that was great. that was really good. But you knew yeah. it wasn't going to end there. Um, no. So yeah, definitely there. Yeah. Uh, I just had a couple of little ones that I thought were were kind of sure. a favorite part of me. Uh, for me and the first one was just kind of like these bigger actors kind of I don't want to say starting in these movies but obviously being young in their careers and being in these types of films uh, Mm -hmm. you know in this one it was Catherine Hicks who plays the mom and she's also the mom in Seventh Heaven which is probably what everybody on earth would know her from from. Uh, and she's like in this movie and then very clearly not in any of the other films Uh, they just kind of write her out of the second one they're like yeah she's in a crazy hospital Um, (laughs) and you know so I just think of like you know Kevin Bacon being in uh, the movie Tremors uh, Jennifer Aniston famously starting off her career in Leprechaun uh, yeah. You know, it's like, do they claim these things? Are they embarrassed when fans bring them up? Like, you know, is, is Catherine Hicks at a Seventh Heaven convention? Who knows if this actually happens? And somebody approaches <laughs> her and is like, man, you crushed it in Child's Play. I was rooting for you. Like, I just, I'm just curious. But I kind of like it. You know, when you watch these older movies, you're like, oh, my God, it's that person. Um, so I really like there that. Was- there was actually like a couple more movies like that. Paul Rudd was actually in Halloween. Um, I think it was Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty cool because he's like he, he's not as goofy as Paul Rudd is now. Um, and then who's the who's the guy that says all right, all right, all right? Oh, it's Matthew McConaughey. 
Matthew McConaughey. He was in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three or nice. four. Yeah. yeah, he was in one of those movies, um, and I thought that, that that's kind of funny that you brought up like Jennifer yep. Aniston at Leprechaun. And also, too, I completely blanked on. Uh, I think Kevin Bacon is in the first Friday the Thirteenth, or maybe oh, the I second Friday right, the Thirteenth. Yeah. yeah, so just interesting. Oh. Um, I forgot that uh, Johnny Depp was in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah, my God. there you go. Guess, yeah, so yeah, we could go on all day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I just think it's kind of fun, obviously, to kind of go back and look yeah. at that. Um, another thing that really stood out to me, and it's just kind of like these older movies, they're, they're no CGI. You know, I'm not a, a hater on CGI, but I think there's something to the beauty of the real special effects. Um, the babysitter death st- uh, fall stunt that I brought up earlier. Um, they explode a house where the... Yeah. Um, the accomplice uh, is killed, which looked freaking awesome. Uh, you know, Chucky, the doll being set on fire. Um, mm. Just the doll in general is all animatronic. Um, you know, there's no CGI whatsoever. I just, big fan, big fan of that. Yeah, the uh, the, the babysitter uh, that fell out of the window, actually the babysitter, she's dead now. It's, uh, it's yeah. not, <laughs> no CGI. She, that was the, she was like, yep, for this movie, I will sacrifice. I and, will sacrifice uh, for the art. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another part to me, probably my favorite part of the entire movie is, you know, ultimately this question of is child's play scary? And and there's these tiny little moments where you're a little uneasy. You're like, Ooh, like, Oh, like we've all been alone uh, in the house or, you know, like you're, you're, you're watching a kid and he's asleep and you hear like a strange noise. You're like, what the fuck was that? You know, like, Oh my God, you know, you're probably not, they (laughs) capture that really well. Um, and there's also this, the part in the film where the mom is yelling at the doll, right? Cause we're, we're about like, three quarters of the way through the film and Andy's like saying it's Chucky it's Chucky and obviously any rational person would be like shut the hell up kid it's not a doll right it can't be the doll and then the mom realizes that she never put the batteries in the doll but it's been talking this whole time so she kind of opens up the back and the head spins around like the exorcist and it says hi I'm Chucky want to play and the mom like is like genuine like oh shit like she screams (laughs) he drops the doll he does this roll under the couch and you're just like oh my god just a fantastic fantastic part of the movie absolutely Um, i was a really big fan of that um which kind of like the second uh other throwback you know the the head spin like exorcist there's also a closet hiding scene like in halloween um, which i recognize right away this iconic uh, shot yeah with jamie lee curtis hiding in the closet from michael myers um you know andy hides in a closet as well it's like literally this exact same type of closet um yeah so i kind of like that little little throwbacks yeah, it's nice. It's nice that they can all kind of work with each other. Like, like horror horror films are just kind of like a, a weird niche, and I think they all realize they're just fun. Uh, and I, I like that they can all work with each other, and I think that was a pretty good time to do that. Well, actually, according to my calculations, I think that would defy all laws of... Oh my god, shut up! Our next segment, the Well Actually... Well um, Actually... Well, uh, where, you know, <laughs> did this really make sense? Yeah... Uh, first off, right off the bat, you kind of pointed it out, and then I was like, yeah, this fucking, this is weird right here. But it looks like uh, the mom, Catherine uh, Hicks, has a fake hand for some reason. Has, like, a really plasticky-looking hand when she, like, turns on the TV in, like, the first part of the movie. Literally, like, right there, like, right in the beginning. I um, I stand by this 100%, yep. by the way. I, I rewatched <laughs> this again right before the pod. You can check it out for yourself. Loaded up. It's on Netflix right now. It's at the 10 minute mark. She is going with Andy in the very beginning of the film to have him open his birthday present and her, um, her right hand looks prosthetic. (laughs) It looks like a prosthetic hand, which is silly because she literally doesn't have a prosthetic hand. Uh, so it was like, I was Googling, like, did she burn herself? Did she hurt herself on set where they needed to like pretend maybe her skin is naturally just looks like a mannequin i have no freaking idea but i stand by (laughs) it is a fake hand i I don't i don't get it i don't understand it it does not make any maybe i'm crazy you watch it yourself and get back to me in the comments it totally looks like that it totally looks like a fake hand it's it's fucking unreal um the next thing uh 
the kid's riding a metro by himself. Is on the, the metro train by himself, and I don't understand that whatsoever. Uh, how did first like how did they let him through? Like how did they, how did they get a ticket? How did they get the money for a ticket? How did they? Because I'm I'm thinking like Chicago right now, like I could swipe a little thing that lets me go, but I know in 1988 they didn't have a little card thing that swipes mm-hmm. to let you out of the train. So like how did this how this fucking kid? How did nobody see this kid get on the train? Was it free then? Am I missing something? I I don't think it was free. He's literally six, unaccompanied. It's a school yeah. day because it shows him getting dropped off, and then he doesn't go into school. He cuts yeah. school to help Chucky find his accomplice. And is just riding this train by himself. He's six years old and nobody is like, hey, little, little buddy, what you doing? Um, <laughs> nobody questions that. Yeah. But also, like, speaking of him going to school, like, why is that kid going to school? The, the day he cuts school is literally the day after he witnessed someone get thrown out of a window from his apartment and die. So, like, and it was, like, someone close to him, too. It was, like, someone that was considered, like, an aunt. And he's going to school the next day. He's like, oh, no, mom, it's fine. I got, don't worry about it. Or or like you said, he's like, the mom is just like, I don't care what's going on. You're going to school. Yeah, this is a what the fuck, mom. Like, you won't <laughs> even let me not go to school the day after our my fake aunt was, like, like a- even if you don't believe she was killed, even if you just believe it was an accident and she fell to her death, it's still a death. She's dead. Mom yeah. is like, fuck you. I'm not paying for a babysitter. Like, it's she's like the mom that's like, you better be dead or you're going to school. Um, you know, Andy's mom exposed here as just <laughs> Andy having perfect attendance throughout right. his entire Gotta schooling career. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Gotta make sure you know that I'm a great mother and you go to school every fucking day. I don't care. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, Another question I had here, when Chucky is attacking uh, Detective Mike Norris uh, in his car, like while the car is going, uh, why didn't didn't Detective Norris just step on his brakes? Like, I don't understand why he didn't just like, you know, fucking stop. Like, oh, I'm getting attacked. I better... On the br- no, immediately, I never understood this logic where, like, as soon as someone gets choked in a car, they step down on the gas where they're, like, going. I'm like, no, you fucking stop the car. Stop the goddamn car. Yes. I'm with uh, you. <laughs> not <laughs> cinematographic, after- not as cool cinema-wise, yes. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's very big questions there. Or just, like, recline the seat. Yeah, something, something, you I know? Just stop the like, car! Anyways, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, and after the car flips, uh, why didn't he get out of the car as fast as possible? Because there was like a moment where he's just like sitting there and he's like, wow, that really sucked. Uh, I wonder where the doll is. I'm going to stay in this spot until I hear noises. No, if I'm not hearing anything, I don't see anything. I'm getting the fuck out of that car, shooting at whatever doll is running around for some reason. And that's that. I'm not going to stick in a car where it just crashed. I'm upside down and just wait for the doll to kill me. Because there were several times where like Chucky was like reaching in there with a knife. He was like, oh, God, why can't I just get away? I don't know. Yeah. It was dumb. Uh, I'm here with you. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, voodoo, uh, it works, apparently. Because, like, we only see it two instances. One where Chucky is, or sorry, where Charles Lee Ray is uh, possessing a doll with himself. He does some voodoo there. And then the next is when Chucky the doll goes over to this guy's house who's like, like he's a voodoo dude yeah and he's like hey man this is me charles lee ray and he's just like oh shit and then like chucky pulls out this fake voodoo doll and just starts breaking its legs and stuff like that and then there's some great arm and leg breaks like i'm a fan of of that you're like oh my god usually it's like a steven seagal situation but no the man's leg just just breaks um yes yeah um yes so then that's the only time we actually see this voodoo man is when he like breaks his leg and whatever in this part where like chucky confronts him is like hey the voodoo works how do i stop being a doll and then he's just like thanks and then kills him with the voodoo doll it's fucking it's a very like okay we clearly need some story explanation here let's like have the voodoo guy explain how this all works which is crazy because the voodoo guy is like what the hell like i didn't even think you could do this and obviously like, charles shit. lee ray didn't think he could do it either he just was like oh hell yeah let's go for it um you know you really start to think about all of that it the, the movie doesn't make sense but that's really any horror film we don't want to think about it too much no nope. uh, but yeah hey voodoo voodoo, voodoo. thing you know it works um <laughs> i had a couple uh stuff to me and the first one is like 
Andy is just yelling at this doll. Um, if you haven't seen the movie in a while, you can just pull up the trailer. I think literally the first part of the, the trailer is, you know, he gets the doll. He's super excited. And he's talking to it like like the stereotypical how you would talk to someone who's deaf. He's just like, hi, I'm Andy. What's your name? And it's like, Jesus, Kane, you're screaming in my face. Like He's like, say it, don't spray it. Uh, like every time he's just shouting at this doll and i'm just thinking like if i'm charles lee ray i'm killing this motherfucking kid right away like yeah just stop screaming andy jesus (laughs) um uh, just a a little nitpick that i have watching these older movies i hate in these older movies where they make cities seem like these scary dumps where it's like oh man the big scary chicago you know, or it's a really classic in, like, it's New York City where, you know, it's like, oh, the gangs and the violence, the crime is everywhere. It's like, I get that I, in 1988, I was two years old. My parents weren't taking me on a tour of Chicago and I wasn't roaming around <laughs> down there. But there's, Chicago's dope. I love Chicago. Yeah, no. Probably, like, one of my favorite cities on earth. And it just, yeah. it just bothers me. I'm just always bummed by it because it's like, man, like, in 1988, you know some family, watch that, who lives in, like, I don't know, some random town in Wisconsin was like, ooh, we can't go to Chicago. I know, yep, yep. <laughs> There's a strangler who lives there, you know? Like, uh, it's just, I'm just, it's a bummer. Yeah, it was like, Chicago, wonderful place. The only thing that's a scary dump about it are your sports teams. Oh, oh my that. God, shots, shots fired. Mm, <laughs> mm, yeah, take that, fucking Cubs and Goals and Bears and you know, the rest of you, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Chicago fans. Oh, yeah. Your, your um, city's wonderful, though. I love your city. Yeah, right? The, um, let's see. Another thing that I thought was interesting in the movie where I was like, uh, is the kid's breakfast, um, which was oh, just oh a laughable time. He has, uh, you know, he's making his good guy cereal. And, and first of all, he's not making breakfast for himself. He's making breakfast for his mom, which is cute. Yes, nice but i also want to be like it's your birthday kid like i'm maybe i'm selfish but i'm like it's my birthday mom you're making me breakfast give me some i want some waffles i want the mickey mouse uh you know waffle pan situation going this kid's making breakfast for his mom which i mean it just it solidifies andy as like this heart of gold great kid but he does like the sugar on the cereal which you know when you're younger I get it. You know, you got you got some you got you got some some cornflakes. You want to put a little extra spice on there. You know, you yeah. put a little spoonful of sugar. This kid is eating like this knockoff Fruit Loop. It's oh, good guy cereal, and he is like pouring the sugar on there. Oh like, my god! I just I can't even imagine the consistency. Um, he burns toast, which I always love too. Of like, how do you even burn toast? Like to me, this is like a movie trope of like you have to like toast it twice. I feel like to get toast yeah. that black. Yep. And then he just puts a, a wad, a scoop of country crock, fake ass <laughs> butter. Fuck country crock. I eat country, country crock more than I hate the Cubs. I'll, I'll die on that hill. Uh, <laughs> and then he's walking on this tray and the, there's orange juice. It's spilling everywhere. It like... And the mom is just like, oh, you're a sweetie. Like, my mom would have been like, what the fuck? Like, there's orange juice everywhere. Like, what are you doing? And my mom's not, like, a violent person, but it's like, man. But that day she would have been. That day she would have been. So I just, man, the breakfast scene really stands out. Um, Two other ones for me. One is just simple, like, do you hang with a guy who's nicknamed the Strangler? Um, you know, Charles Lee Ray has his accomplice friend who abandons him. Like, I just, mm, tough hang, you know? Yeah, I'm not feeling, I should, I, like, if I'm if I'm hanging out with a guy that's like the strangler, I'm going to be sticking around with him because I know if I bail on him, he's going to, you know, uh, strangle me. Yes. I'm going to fucking die. Yep. We don't really learn, like, anything about him. In the sequel, they mention uh, they had killed 12 people through, like, some voodoo means, which made it a little retcon to maybe make more sense of why yeah. this random... Who knows? A serial killer who strangles people, but it's voodoo strangling? I don't know. There's questions I have. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last one is after the babysitter is killed, um, the mom hears noises and she she opens up Andy's room. And he's supposed to be in bed, but it, and it's dark. He's got the lights off and she flips oh, on yeah. the lights and he's just sitting on his floor with Chucky having a conversation with this doll. Yes. 
first of all, terrifying. And it's just but. like, bro, serial killer kid alert. The alarms are flashing. There is there's lights going off. Like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Um, and this is raising the question of me of like, when do you throw this doll the hell away, right? Like, I know that your kid loves it, but there's multiple points during the film where I'm just like, all right, fuck this. The Chucky doll's going. You're grounded. Uh, you're making shit up. Like, we're just getting rid of this thing. Well, that's the thing. That was directly after the babysitter, right? After the babysitter yes. died. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, at that point, if she would have thrown the doll away, Andy would have been convicted of murder. That's it. That would have been it. Ooh, that's Done. true, because it wasn't looking good for my guy, Andy. No, no, it was not. Mm. No, it was not. One, two, three. This is a sound check. Next segment where we have been talk a little bit about the sound in the movie. Yes. Okay, so the... Child's Play theme song was written by Joe Renzetti. I think it's how you say his name. And uh, honestly, like, it's not that memorable or anything, but it gets the job done. Like, I, I think of other things before I think of, like, uh, this theme song. Like, the Freddy Krueger, uh, the nursery rhyme that he has, uh, Jason Voorhees and his, like, or whatever like that. Michael Myers, his, his theme song there, uh, anything like that. You, I, I don't really rank it up that high, but it's still it still gets the jobs done. Um, and honestly, uh, for Joe, uh, Child's Play might be his most famous piece of work as far as the score goes. Uh, he's also credited with doing uh, movies uh, that I've never heard of before called Elvis, Fatso, The Exterminator, Dead and Buried, Vice Squad, and Poltergeist 3. That was like the second famous movie, the second the second famous movie, most famous movie he's ever done, I think. Um, he has gotten awards uh, in 1978, he has an Academy Award for Best Adaption Score for the Buddy Holly story. Now, the thing about that is, like, he didn't actually write any of the music. It's just Buddy Holly's music. But what he, apparently what they're giving him the award for uh, is how he taught everyone the instruments uh, and how to play them and whatever. And I, 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 that's that's interesting. I, I don't know if I want to count it, but he got an Academy <laughs> Award for it, so I guess I got to count it. Um, he also uh, put his hand... He also... Uh, um, arranged some uh, music for uh, Barry Manilow, uh, the song Mandy. He got a gold record for that. He also got a gold record for the song Sunny by Bobby Hebb, I believe his name is. Mandy also being the song in Can't Hardly Wait. So, hey, look at that. Another, oh, another right, link. Hey. Oh All these, this is like this is like that seven degrees of like Kevin Bacon or whatever we were talking about. <laughs> um also, but he did get a, a, Razzie, a Razzie Award as well uh, for worst musical score for the movie Under the Rainbow. And by the way, okay, I saw a trailer for Under the Rainbow. It has Chevy Chase and Carrie Fisher. That sounds cool right there. But Jesus Christ, this is a terrible looking movie. Like everything, not PC. It is, oh my God. Like it just starts off with like, uh, it's just a, it says like, when you have a, f- a room full of little people, but they don't say little people. Uh, and it's just like all of a sudden, like I see a Hitler in there. I see like other. It's really it's it's fucked up. I don't even like. It looks. I can see why he got a Razzie award for this one. Um. So I suggest checking out that uh, trailer, my guy. Just for you, nobody else. That that movie it looks terrible. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there are actually th- only three soundtrack uh, tracks on the soundtrack. Uh, they don't really fit at all. Um. Is It Really Love by Michael Lannon, which is actually playing during the car scene where Chucky is killing Detective Norris, or trying to kill Detective Norris. Now he didn't kill him. Um, but then also, like, uh, the song called I'm Hanging by D.B. Knight, uh, which is, like, a weird rock and roll song that does not seem to, like, fit. Uh, and the next song is Grass by African Sweet, uh, which uh, it's like a... I don't even know. It's like a fucking... I don't know. It just doesn't fit the movie because it's way too like DJ esque, uh, electro kind of. I don't know, but it's not like dance. It's like some weird slower stuff. It's weird. It does these these tracks don't fit in the movie. Like when 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 uh, when Detective Norris was getting like strangled in his car and this song was playing in the background. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the uh, sound check that we got right there. Water cooler, water cooler talk, oh yeah. Next segment, we have just the water cooler talk where we kind of have these bigger conversations about the movie as a whole. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I think is just a fun thing to talk about is like the Mount Rushmore, right? So Mount Rushmore yes. of scary movie people slash things, you know, because it's scary. There could be things. Um, and it's a it's a tough one. Um, mm. I was struggling for, with this a little bit. 
for me, it was not so tough. I had it instantly in my head the whole time. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four to one here. So number one, the last guy I mentioned is gonna be my number one dude here. Uh, I have to go Leatherface, Jason Voorhees. Michael Myers, and my number one, always my number one, Freddy Krueger. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. I love those movies. So Freddy Krueger, that's definitely my Mount Rushmore right there of scary movie people. Perfect. Um, I also love Nightmare on Elm Street movies. The first one just being a fantastic film. If you haven't seen it at all, it's just... It's really good. We've already talked about Johnny Depp is in it. Um, yes. Really great concept, great villain. He is also my number one if I had to put uh, somebody on my Mount Rushmore. Um, the other two are, to me, like really super obvious. Uh, Michael Myers, uh, iconic, uh, uh-huh. and Jason Voorhees from Friday oh, yeah. the 13th. You know, all three of them have, you know, the iconic thing of, like, if you saw them... A random person saw them, they would know instantly what they are, and they have, yeah. like, this longevity. Now, the fourth spot, you know, a little bit interesting there, um, you know, so the question of does Chucky belong on the Mount Rushmore, I would say no. Um, maybe if there was, like, a secondary Mount Rushmore, like a Mount yeah. Rushmore that was, like, you know, like some hedges they just carved into bushes or something, or, <laughs> like, down below. So you could piece it kind of on that B, B slash C tier for me. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody that I really wanted to put in there um, would be the killer from Scream. I don't know what you would call that. Like, I guess Ghostface. And it's a tricky one because yeah, it changes a lot, you know, of who's actually wearing the mask. But that's a very iconic uh, face as well. Um, and I'm going to throw a curveball here. And my fourth spot is going to be uh, the Xenomorph, the alien from Aliens. Oh, um, oh, okay, all right. I think right. one of the, the better scary movies out there, Alien 1, Aliens, the sequel, had a lot more action, but still just a really scary kind of concept. Um, the face hugger, chest bursting, all that kind of stuff. Like, let's get weird. Let's show it to my wow. my, my, my non-human brother, um, <laughs> the alien. I'm putting the alien on my Mount Rushmore. Have fun with that, hey. sculptors. You have to have the little tongue out. Oh, the, the tongue's got to go out. Absolutely. <laughs> um, another conversation is the, the thing is like, are dolls scary? Um, you know, I, I like the idea of like this idea of like bringing horror home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Cabbage Patch Kids were a really big deal back then. Like, lots of kids had dolls. Dolls have this, like, kind of creepy vibe. Like, when the lights are out and the dolls in the room, you're like, oh, Jesus, it's looking at me. Um, But at the same point, you're like, I could just kick that doll, like, 30 yards if I really, like, got a good leg behind it. So it's like how it's like they maybe weigh 10 pounds. Um, (laughs) I I don't know. What are your stance on dolls? Are dolls scary? That's another thing, like, with Chucky, when he was, like, strangling the police officer, I, I was like, how? You could just, like, hold the, the thing that he's strangling you with and just hold him up and, like, throw him out the window <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Right. Um, but, but, yes, I think dolls are scary uh, to an extent, like, depends on, like, I, I'm trying to think, what are those dolls called that are, they, they have, like, little, they have, like, glass faces and, like, the weird oh, hair. Oh, like the porcelain, porcelain dolls? Porcelain dolls? Thank you, yes. <laughs> those are kind of freaky. Don't really like those very much. The one, like thing oh no i'm gonna save that for the okay okay hold on hold on they're very scary but i'm gonna save it for the next question i gotta say it that's what i'm gonna do for my next question okay uh which leads me to the next question of did charles lee ray make the right call um you know what kid's toy would you put yourself in if you had a choice right if it wasn't like i'm bleeding out i'm literally gonna die what's the very first thing but if you had time to think about it did he make the Uh, right call or is there something else that you would have been like nope this is it this is the toy i gotta put my my spirit in I think I think he did make the right call with that because for how big it was, and you could probably m- like move around that way. Uh, if I'm going just for like scary, uh, I'm probably gonna put myself into a Furby because <laughs> they're fucking terrifying nightmare things. And then I remember like when my sister like first got one, I was like, oh, you could probably make it swear, right? Because you can talk and teach it how to do things. And but it was like the scariest fucking thing, and. Uh, I think that would be a good choice to put in, put your soul into a Furby. <laughs> that would be a good one. Um, for me, I guess I think you made the right call because it was like inconspicuous. You had some mobility, you know, it makes sense. If you're going for pure scare tactics, like probably like a like a clown doll. 
Um, I remember growing up, my grandparents had a clown doll in their house that it was just sitting oh. on a rocking chair, and it was just like, this oh, thing is no. freaky as fuck. Why is this a thing? I think it's a thing with older people where they're like, clowns are cute, and they've got like the cute little clown doll. Like that, for just pure terror-inducing. Not good. That's, that's what I'm going with, for sure. Yep. That's scary. Your your grandparents are cursed, or they were cursed. That It's like fucking that clown doll on a rocking chair, no less. It sounds terrifying. I'm already freaking out in my head just thinking about it. <laughs> and then the last kind of question that I was thinking about, you know, there's a scene in the movie where it's obviously Andy's birthday, and he's super excited to open his <laughs> presents. The man is literally head to toe in Good Guy. He ate the cereal. He's wearing the, the PJs. He's watching the cartoon. And he has a box that is literally the size of the packaging of a good guy doll. And he opens it up and it's jeans. It's clothes. and Fucking jeans. And mom is like, these are great. Which is like clueless mom alert. Um, how do you fuck this up that bad? Um, clearly, you needed to get the kid the doll. Or if you were going to put the jeans as a present, not in that box. Um, and it kind of led me to this thing of like, do you, is there a biggest gift disappointment that you had? Where you were like in Andy's position, where you really wanted something, and it was like, "Oh, damn, thanks, See, socks." The thing, <laughs> the thing is, um, when I was younger, uh, I had this godmother. Uh, it was my aunt uh, Priscilla, lovely lady. I miss her. She's she's passed away now, and this is probably why I can say it because she's not here anymore. So I'm going to say it. Hopefully, she doesn't hear me. It's going to be fine. Uh, but there was this one Christmas where she gave me a Frogger game for Game Boy, which is fine. That's cool. I like video games. Frogger's cool. But then, like, she gave me this other thing. It seemed like it was going to be, like, I don't know, like, money or something like that. But then it was, like, this snowflake ornament. And I was like, okay, this is fine. And I, like, I had to play it off. I played it off. It was fine. I was playing it off, like, oh, this is great. Thanks. But I was, in my head, I was like, this is fucking, what the fuck is this shit? But I was also, I learned things that day. I learned that I should be, I, I appreciate things that I get. And I do apologize that I thought that. Oh, my Aunt Priscilla hears me right now. I apologize that I thought that in my head. I still appreciate the ornament that you gave me, plus the frogger. It all made sense. But my little asshole self when I was a younger kid was just like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> I guess it's a shame that we didn't have video recording. You could have been the avocado kid, right? They're like, yeah, thanks yeah. and avocado. That's You know, I struggled with this over the past couple of days. I've been trying to think about it. I guess I was just really spoiled as a kid. Um, I mean, oh I knew not, God. I know, right, to get me an entitled uh, child. I remember not asking for, like, the moon, but I don't really remember ever just being like, damn. Like, this was, like, epic meltdown, like, letdown. On, he, oh, he played yeah. it off well, but you could clearly read his face of, like, damn. Mom knew she fucked up. That's why she buys the janky thing in the building, like, the whole <laughs> ripoff cursed doll thing. Who's the best around? Who didn't really bring the movie down? Coming at the end here, we've got the You're the Best Around. Who was the best in the movie? Ben, who stood out to you? Um, for me, the best in the movie was Andy, the kid. I think he fucking nailed it uh, as far as, like, I guess, being a kid. Uh, he was seven years old at the time, like the actor was, and he really put together quite a performance. Like, he was very believable. He was very lovable because, like, even, like, he was, like, so innocent. Like, everything, like, his interactions with adults were great because of his innocence. And then, like, his interactions were Chucky with Chucky are even better because, like, he's leading Chucky to go do bad things. But he's still remaining innocent. Like, it's just so good. Yep. Uh, it's just... He's also, what I think, like, as an right. actor, he's playing off an inanimate object, too. Like, he's not really playing yeah. off of another human who's there. Like, they would play yeah. the lines from uh from the voice actor but like yep. it's not the same as like being there with another actor so yeah andy super impressive yes absolutely um mine was just chucky um i think it <laughs> you know iconic character anybody who saw who just see an image of him would be like i get it but it's iconic when it really shouldn't be it's a freaking doll uh it maybe yep. weighs 10 pounds we talked about this but you know incredible voice work by brad duraf um, awesome work by everyone who designed and operated the doll as well to kind of bring it to life and make it look mm -hmm. feasible enough, like not where you're just laughing at the ridiculous of it. Like there are points where we would just kind of chuckle of like, look at it, it's, it's jumped on a person again and its legs are yep. kicking and it's yelling and biting. <laughs> like that's, that's all it's got. It's got a couple yep. moves. Just, just get a block for one of those moves and you got them. Um, but iconic character, you know, spawning, you know, seven different movies, pretty, pretty impressive feat. So tell me something. Was it worth it? 
it? Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Final segment we've got is the uh, was it worth it? Um, would you sell it to someone else? How would you sell it to someone else? Or would you warn someone to stay the hell away? I absolutely think this is worth it. As a horror movie fan, I'm sad that I haven't seen it sooner. Uh, and I understand why he, like Chucky, has a big uh, fan base too. The story was absolutely ridiculous, but I thought it was very well done. Uh, it could have been super cheesy and nearly like a B monster movie. And it kind of tiptoed that line between B monster and actual monster, uh, B movie and actual monster movie. And luckily, at the end there, it fell right on the side of the actual monster movie. Uh, so I think uh, this worked out really well. If you're a horror movie fan, and you, you've watched all the classics like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, you probably want to jump on this series as well because it's it's super good yeah and even if you've seen uh the newer version you kind of want to go back and watch some of the older ones i would say one and two are definitely uh, you know a little bit more scarier based um and Mm -hmm. you know if you like the horror kind of spoofy comedy more like a scary movie type not like that spoofy but if you kind of like to laugh (laughs) near scary movies you could watch some of the later ones as well uh Mm -hmm. all right well i'm glad you liked it uh, that is it for today's episode. Hope it was fun to the very end. Uh, you can Ooh. follow us on Twitter and Instagram at where have you been? Uh, it's W H E R E H A V U B E N. Uh, you can like our Facebook page uh, at facebook.com slash where have you been spelled the same. Feel free to send recommendations or feedback. We would love to hear from you and see you next time. Bye bye.